The following is the last edition into the narration of author and writer Matthew Pope's War with the Remnant translated literature. We praise God for this opportunity to bring life to these words found in scripture and exhorted by man. May you glean from this program a sense of spiritual nourishment, both with elements of reality and those of our God. We ask the Holy Spirit to endow knowledge on us as we venture along this storyline on the Azalea Coast. And now, here's Matthew Pope and War with the Remnant Translated Literature. War with the Remnant Translated Literature Seagulls flew overhead, racing themselves to Governor's Landing. It was the meaning he had been awaiting. The goals were looking for a meal. Meals meant the final goodbye. He straightened his shirt, shimmied his shoulders, and began walking toward the waterline. As he almost escaped view from the headstones, he gazed back for a last shot at the distinguished resting place. Perhaps he had seen it when he was growing up in this district. Perchance he was smitten with it because his courage was developing. For whatever reason, he was intrigued, and the will of God in his life permeated his new ideologies. He was listening intently to God's voice, and he trusted. It was now his brief exit that would prove him to be as hardy as he desired to be truly fit for the kingdom of God. The churning brackish water dazzled in the beams of sunlight which streamed across minute waves, barely crashing as the currents raced upriver and down. There were carriers parked, where loads of ammunition, packages of supplies, and stockpiles of melee and bullet-fed armament were lowered onto the bows and sterns of these selling forces. Benedict raised his eyes to the crow's nest of some and relented from turning away. He was captivated by their style. And with the hubbub of everything that was occurring, the landings were packed with both people and crates. The voyages were to be had, and some were praying shoreside. As their loved ones were climbing aboard, elders of the church were signing the cross, while those men were crossing themselves, and women's folk were crying tears, knowing their estate would be left vacant for an unspecified amount of calendar days. The battalion of armored cruisers and amphibious rafts were numbering together, and the escorts were firing their engines. At last, Benedict looked toward the east and saw familiar faces, whereupon some of them waved to attract his attention. They ran to him, embracing him, and then softly spoke to him as they observed the happenings in this wharf. We're praying for travel mercies with you and your family, they said. I know things are grim, and there remains to be seen a point to this conflict. But remember, God is with you always, my friend. He smirked for their kind words and said in reply, I'm thankful for your covering of me. I must say I'm mysteriously nervous as to what to expect, but I am confident in this very thing. They chuckled from his wittiness and admired him all the more. As they hugged tightly, they left him, and he stayed in sight until they disappeared. War with the Remnant Translated Literature Intermission And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with her sea, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation 12.17 War is coming. Will you be ready? The world is shaking from an approaching enemy and an encroaching lord, preparing for the final showdown. Who will be the victor? The first Christian novel from author and writer Matthew Pope, War with the Remnant Translated Literature, brings scripture and fiction into one work. Set in North Carolina, follow the events of a holy nation meeting an unholy people, building towards a closing battle. With images and imagery in Wilmington, North Carolina, Southport, North Carolina, Oak Island, North Carolina, and along the mighty Cape Fear River, 
This publication intends to forewarn and predict. The first entry into the War with the Remnant series, Translated Literature, is now available for purchase on Amazon and Kindle. War with the Remnant, Translated Literature From there he hopped to the ladder and gradually stepped into the side of the armor-clad defender, the Caroline, they named her for the feminine form of King Charles, whom had laid claim to the colonial settlement of the state, rocked in the turbulent spilling of the Cape Fair. Peering to the north, he could see the marina, Peter Point, and the sawmills that had received lumber from hardwood forests since the early 18th century. It made him homesick, but immediately the movement of the stern distracted his nostalgia. The ropes were untied, the rudders steered, and smoke bellowed from the stacks atop the navy liner. Cheers and cries came forth from where the anvils on shore were established. Towels and handkerchiefs blew in the beach breeze as sailors and armed soldiers shouted back to those who first shuddered. As the splashing of the cutter created tide, Benedict made the sign of the cross and invoked Our Lady Star of the Sea. He employed her maternal help, quivering on the lips that he was unsure still, but had been found trustworthy for God. He revisited the parable of great faith, where Jesus exclaimed he had found no such faith in all of Israel. What if Christ noticed his mustard seed of simple childlike fidelity? He could only pause it. But once noting his spiritual mother, his heart rate declined and he gained his courage in a few exhales and inhales. He was combat ready, and the voyage beyond him was also beyond his comprehension. As the lift bridge prepared way for the exiting parties, the light signals alerted the highway of cars above, and the grid suddenly elevated some 100 feet in the air. Suspended, the tips of the mass nearly scraped the bottom of the moral overpass, minor clearance, but just enough to keep pressing. The river widened and the seagrass and marsh brushed aside the metal meeting the flowing muddy strands that headed to the open seas. Eagles Island compassed their journey on the right, while the port wished them well on their left. The famous dram tree part bidded them Godspeed, as the former tree once stood where all manner of seamen would take a dram of liquor, inward and outward the pass to the harbor. An armada trucked through the channel markers of this uncontrollable basin. She roared under them, and her ever-changing erosion proved difficult to ascertain what was deep and what was shallow to float over. She was an unsteady girl, not sure of her emotions, ebbing and withdrawing, and her damsel-like petiteness fooled those who dared to tame her. Chasing every wind, the sails were adjusted, and the radar ensured that the coordinates matched with everyone in line. From miles out, Islands crested against barrier sandbars, and flagpoles erected by venturing visitors shook in the daytime blusterings. As the group crept closer to the last port of call, Southport, Benedict examined the remnants of Old Brunswick Town and of Old Baldy, the lighthouse that sat opposite and lying a little further to Fort Caswell. A strobe of light revolved around the beacon of Oak Island Light as ferries ceased their activity in respect to the coming parade. Sunny Point radioed in and kept communication as they continued on. Six ships stationed there would later rendezvous with this aquatic mission. As the seven tankers, supply ships, and those hauling expensive determinants to international dismay, the pilots of container ships sent by the state gathered at the entryway to the intracoastal and to the jetties that emptied into the Atlantic. Herein, the mouth of the mighty cape flushed into a barrage of salt water, it being fresh, a cistern of both, springing two natures. Suds of turbulence swept these mammoths, 
as passerby on the rocky cliffs at Fort Fisher stood on top to merely see. In 2018, a vision was born in the seal of the Roman Catholic faith, a tested truth that's been tried and found trustworthy. Certified with the biblical words of Acts 2.42, it was a joint plea to discover the absolutes of Jesus' ministry, his church, and our roles in the public offices of gospel evangelism. With every recording came the invitation to respond to the Holy Ghost. Once more, we endeavor for hospitality and welcoming listeners to hear God's word, to open the floodgates of Christ's mercy, and to pour forth into the spirits the wholeness of God, removing every stain of wicked, every lack of confidence, and every second guess of indecision. Instead, decision begins today to believe that Jesus Christ is and that he shall always be. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. In the Apostles' Doctrine, returning Fall 2020. The Hampstead charged and puffed by first, followed by the Waccamaw, as it tailed behind very close. These were gunships. Third was the Masonboro, which held precious stockades of currency and notary items. Fourthly and fifthly, the ILM chugged with its paramate, the Newton, who regards at mid-range. Sixth was Benedict's abode, who worked reconnaissance in the seventh, concluding the Brunswick, which spouted its mainframe with charcoal discharge, flanking the others with turrets larger than the gunboats which were afront. With explosives aplenty that could detonate an entire seacoast, the squad etched through the maritime villas and finally cleared the breaches to reach the cascading tidelands. Full steam ahead were these majestic blockade runners that in knots they speedily spread out and reorganized their formation. Three formed the vanguard and three enclosed the back, with the surveillance taking the center stage. Together they set sail. Some days later, the emerging second class disembarked from the river docks on the largest river in the province. Across, Snow's Cut was blocked to any craft that were not military personnel. The weapons terminal indicated that all berths would be grounded, as these demanded the fullest security measures. Sun and Shield prevented any onlooker from getting too far from their respective barriers. Local police boats, rescue boats, and sheriff patrols managed the waterways as tons of cargo and an entirely new team of troops broke away from the stations at the compound. With 60 miles of railroad track and hidden forests, buffer zones have remained intact to curtail possible explosions. Local attractions have often had to build up and not out due to this reality. In this dynamic, the blade slicing the washing of the cool water was the Angola, Equipped with deadly remote sensor and infrared lasers, rail guns, and failing similar burst fire machine gun nests, her arsenal was considered the most potent when she was laid at Cassidy Shipyard at the riverfront of Carthage. She was joined at the hip by the Green, a gnarly and intrepid monument dedicated to the perils of colonization and wartime games. Likewise, their sisters and brothers came from the same pod, with the Smithfield, the Cornelius Harnett, the Fort Holmes, and the George Davis.
War with the Remnant, Every Direction, is the second entry in this Christian fiction novel franchise based on Ezekiel 10.11. When they went, they went in their four directions. They turned not as they went, but to the place whither the head looked, they followed. They turned not as they went. The armament is building up. The tensions are rising. It is now time for the last war. Stationed at Spencer shops, trains are being deployed. Soldiers are boarding. Weapons are making their way to the battlefield. Can you hear the whistle in the distance? Can you see the puff of smoke billowing out? God is calling forth his reserves to the front line. Tonight, the train of the Lord departs from Spencer, North Carolina. Will you catch it in time? War with the Remnant, Every Direction. Available now for purchase on Amazon Kindle. These collective entities comprised a specialized fleet that could exterminate the fiery darts of the wicked, that which could be launched against them at a moment's notice. On board were agents that shrouded themselves in mystery, members to the organizations of deep-level threats that often remain anonymous. As this mechanized retreat from their inland stay commenced, their checkpoint would be to offer assistance to the aforementioned seven, although allowing 13 separate bodies of able-bodied offense to maneuver freely. It would become 12 intentional arrangements and one added service in tow, providing stability to the whole, for they were of one body but members in particular. Each was in need of another, and no such appendage could be forgotten over each other's capabilities. With sonar and satellite systems ago, the motion of this follow-up base moved slowly to the banks of the crashing waterline. Intricate alarms sounded off as the last was met with an ample send-off. Minutes talked by and the foggy haze crept along until they were all out of view. This one center of command now gone, the townspeople returned to their upkeep and way of life. It would be on occasion that hearsay would be in the press or by gossip. Vain talking and babbling would oftentimes be preferred. But in the excess of repetitive notions, truth would prevail valiantly. Many would taste death. 300 days in. Hello, author and writer Matthew Pope here, and I want to personally thank you for listening to these words written by me, but inspired by Christ. God bless you for your patience, as this has been a healthy challenge for my reading and my own patience. Completing this first entry into the War with the Remnant series, translated literature is now read in full. I pray somewhere in this first novel of mine that God spoke to you clearly, that in his wise words, he touched your soul with impenetrable truths. For you to be his son and for him to be your savior, this isn't the last of this book, as I will endeavor to tie every piece of this work back to its biblical roots. Stay tuned for more, and for more information, you can visit allthingsworktogether.org slash War with the Remnant series, or to visit Land of Ancient First on Instagram, simply search for at Land of Ancient First. And finally, may God bless you, and may God bless War with the Remnant translated literature, and may God bless North Carolina. Amen.